Welcome to the PPM Academy podcast for project, program, and portfolio managers, where we will interview industry experts and discuss current and future trends in the world of project, program, and portfolio management, and how what we do impacts our company's execution culture. I'm Gerald Leonard. Today I have with me Jamal Mustafa, MBA PMP, President and Founder of Think Tank Consulting. He is an internationally acclaimed expert and speaker in the areas of project portfolio management, scope definition, process improvement, and corporate training. Jamal has done work for private sector companies and government organizations in Canada, the U.S., Asia, Europe, and the Middle East. Jamal, welcome. Thanks for joining us today. Thank you very much, Gerald. Definitely, definitely glad to have you here. So Thank let's you. let's um, you know, you, how long have you been uh, in in the field of project portfolio management? Uh, in the field of project portfolio management, probably uh, about fifteen years, and in the field of project management for approximately twenty years. Oh wow! Okay, so how did you get started? Uh, we're still trying to figure out uh, with my, my entire family how the heck I ended up in the field of project management because my <laughs> education, yeah, both bachelor's and master's have been in finance. Well, wow, okay. Uh, but then somehow, inexplicably, I uh, ended up working uh, for a dot-com company. Yep. Um, and by the time uh, that company closed its doors, I had a conversation with a recruiter and she told me, what do you do? And I said, I do this, 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 and that. And she told me, well, it sounds like you're a project manager. Okay. So 20 years later, I'm still doing the project management job. You're uh, still doing this, 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 and that, right? Yes, this, this, this. <laughs> uh, portfolio management is a little bit more interesting. Yeah. Uh, I was once uh, asked by a very large North American port authority to come in and do a one-day project management course for executives. So okay. I had like about eight or 10 C-level people sitting in the room. Right. And I was talking about project management, planning, initiation, you know, the, all those exciting things. And right. uh, during a break, coffee break, one of the executives, the CEO of the company, he approached me and he posed a very interesting question to me. He said, well, here's the thing. I don't know if you're going to cover it in this course, but um, my department heads are constantly complaining that they don't have enough resources, uh, both people and financial, human and financial, to deliver the projects that right. uh, I assign to them. Uh, and I have two options. Either I don't believe them uh, and I tell them to work harder, um, or if I choose to believe them, then um, uh, I have two options. Either I give them more resources, right. again, both financial and human, right. uh, but then I will have to go to the board of directors and tell them, well, remember how I asked for 50 million? I now need 100. Okay. How do I justify that? And right. if I cut the number of projects, again, how do I go to the board of directors and justify it to them? Well, remember I promised to do 200 projects? Well, we're delivering only 50. Okay. And I kind of thought about that and I said, listen, that's actually not project management. That's project portfolio management. Right. Uh, and he said, well, I would like to hear more about that. And that's how my career in project portfolio management started. I think we all kind of go down that same route. It reminds me of a presentation I did called the accidental portfolio manager and how we normally, anyone that ends up in this field, it's usually through accident. Yeah. And then I started reading books. Yep. Uh, 
developing my own kind of theories about that, developed a course, uh, and I think in my first book, uh, Delivering Exceptional Project Results that came out in 2010, I kind of put all of my thoughts together about project management and project portfolio management. Okay, okay. So tell me a little bit about, so from your standpoint, especially which is interesting is your finance background, what is project portfolio management from your experience and purview of what you've been doing? Well, project uh, portfolio management uh, is uh, basically a science and an art because there is an art uh, aspect okay. included in it, whether you like it or not, Right. Uh, of selecting the best projects or the highest value projects for your company subject to internal and external constraints, which are usually financial and human. Okay. Uh, something along I mean, um, you know, every C-level person I've ever spoken to um, uh, would always tell me the same story. I have hundreds of ideas and I only have resources to implement 20 of them. And the numbers I'm using are completely arbitrary over here. Right. Uh, how do I squeeze these 100 ideas into these 20 buckets of resources that I have? And the answer is you don't. You prioritize your projects according to some criteria. Mm -hmm. You select the top 20 and you implement them. Right. So in a nutshell, that's probably what project portfolio management is all about for me. Gotcha. Gotcha. So now from your perspective, how is also connected to strategy? What's the difference between your strategy and the portfolio? How do they play together? Uh, they are they're absolutely connected. Um, I have just uh, finished my third book, uh, and it is purely dedicated to project portfolio management. Um, and I'm looking at 30 case studies. I mean, it describes the theory of project portfolio management in the first several chapters, and then the bulk of the book is basically 30 case studies. Right about how we implement the project portfolio management at different companies. And off the top of my head, I would say about 99, 95% of them have uh, strategy as one of the key selection criteria in their scoring models. Gotcha. Uh, so, yeah, uh, the first question I usually ask in the uh, project portfolio management seminars uh, or workshops that I do at companies, in a layman's terms, explain to me what is strategy. Don't tell me I want to be the best of the best of the best. Right. Uh, tell me things like I want to increase my sales by 10% or I want to expand into Asian markets or right. I want to uh, cut my costs by 15%, something along those lines. And then you tie in your scoring model, your strategic alignment and your balance to the strategy of the company. Exactly. You know, recently I was listening to a book called um, Good strategy, bad strategy, and it really talks about that whole concept that strategy is not just about um, financial growth or being the best in the world at one thing or something else. It's really about how do we tackle the challenges of our environment and position ourselves to, to, to be the company that we're looking to be. Absolutely, and I have a great example of that. I uh, recently, well, recently, five or six years ago, uh, dealt with a Canadian university. Okay. Uh, which was located in a rural area. Um, and uh, one of the challenges was that entire university has been running on one ERP system. Uh, wow. And that ERP system hasn't been updated or upgraded, I believe, for the last like nine years or something like that. Okay. So basically, university IT, the head of the IT of the university, came to the president of the university and told him, listen, if we don't upgrade from version for the sake of the argument, let's say 2.0 to 9.0, yep. 
uh, all of the operations of the university will probably cease to exist right. uh, in the next couple of years. Right. Uh, so if you look at it from a financial standpoint, I mean, um, there's no ROI on the project. Right. Uh, if you're looking at increasing sales or revenues of the university, no, it's just university will cease. You know, right. The operations will cease. Right. So uh, that's yet another example of how, I mean, if you want to... Um, you know, introduce sustainability to your right. uh, operations, then this is what's something that you have to do. Right. It's like the Gartner um, uh, uh, prioritization on uh, portfolio mix model of run the business. You mm. have to have exactly. investments in the run the business category or the business will cease to run. Exactly. Perfect. Perfect. Now, tell me about these three pillars of PPM that you talk about. Well, uh, the first one is... Uh, remember how I mentioned to you that uh, the projects must maximize the value? Yes. Um, uh, it's a very kind of easy word to throw around, value. Uh, mm-hmm. But yet, you know, when you start talking to C-level people, okay, how do we determine the value of a given project? And uh, there were two approaches. Uh, the older approach was, well, let's measure the financial aspects of that return right. on investment. Right. Uh, um, and they, they kind of copied and pasted the uh, financial portfolio theory into project portfolio theory. But very quickly, people realized that, A, uh, financial forecasts are notoriously unreliable. Uh, there's millions of studies done about that, uh, saying that we're really, really bad at predicting the future. Um, and number two, uh, you know, just the example I gave you. Mm-hmm. Uh, what is the ROI of replacing the university ERP system? Right. It's very negative. But yet you still have to do that. So people uh, finally adopted scoring models um, to uh, measure the value of the projects. Um, I, uh, maybe I can share some of them with you, some of the examples. You okay. Know, you can post it on your, on your page. Uh, oh, sure. It's basically, yeah, uh, you know, the usual suspects are strategic alignment, market attractiveness of the product, time to market, right. especially if you're talking about product companies, financial aspects right. as well. Uh, and then people say, okay, we have these six variables, high, medium, low, and we want to put all of our project proposals through this model and then come out with some result, uh, meaning they prioritize list of projects, and then we decide where we cut off. Okay. So that that's value. That's the first pillar. The second pillar is balance. Uh, balance, in a sense, again, you can have a multitude of dimensions. When we talk about balance, again, the usual suspects say risk versus reward. Right. You know, what percentage of my portfolio is in high-risk, high-reward projects, and what percentage of my portfolio is in low-risk, low-reward projects? And you can probably appreciate the fact that if we're talking about a bank, right, they would probably want to see 95 to 99% of their projects to be in low-risk, low-reward. Okay. If we're talking about an aggressive uh, software company, yes, probably that percentage, the percentage of high risk, high reward projects, would be higher. Um, um, and the third one is strategic alignment. Uh, strategic alignment, it can and usually is used in the value definition. Mm-hmm. But just to reiterate the importance of strategic alignment, it is also used uh, in that third pillar. Okay. Uh, that is more along the lines of um, my. I'm just going to use the most typical example. Uh, what percentage of my project portfolio do I want to allocate to brand new breakthrough products? 
what percentage should go into uh, improvements to the existing products and services and what percentage should go into maintenance. Right. You know, cost of doing business kind right. of thing. Right. So these are, in a nutshell, three uh, key pillars of project portfolio management. So, so do you have examples of those in your book? Because, uh, I mean, you have 30 examples. I mean, that's a lot of examples in your mm-hmm. book, uh, and that's awesome. Uh, so can, maybe you can, you can elaborate a little bit on that with, the, with what we just talked about with the three pillars and maybe one or two of the examples that you can share. Well, an interesting one of the uh, interesting examples uh, happened in Dubai. I was teaching my project and portfolio management course there, and uh, uh, I was talking about balance. And there was this gentleman from uh, Saudi Arabia who was the uh, CEO of a very large construction companies. Okay. Uh, and I would say 95% of his business came from Aramco, the oil company, Saudi oil company. Right. Uh, and I was teaching the course, and at one point of time, he said, listen, I don't think this balance, I really like the value discussion we had, uh, but this balance doesn't really apply to me. And I go, why? He goes, well, I'm kind of like a professional services company, right? I mean, Aramco comes to me and says, build me this. I mean, what am I going to say? You don't fit my balance. I'm not going to do it for you. And uh, the interesting aspect of this setup was that we had uh, our windows of our conference room were facing Burj Khalifa, which is the tallest building in the world, you know. The okay, Tom, okay. Tom Cruise. Right, Tom right, Cruise right. Jumping <laughs> off. Uh, and at one point of time, he uh, interrupts me again and he goes, uh, wait a second. He goes, I'm close to retirement uh, and I'm going to hand over this company to my son. He goes, I want to see something attractive on my company brochure. Uh, and, goes, and he points to Bush Khalifa, he goes, I want to see something like that. Uh, and his general manager was also sitting in the room. He kind of pokes, pokes him with an elbow and goes, listen, forget about Bush Khalifa. What is our margin on our current projects? And he goes about 5%, 10%. He goes, if, if we go into HVAC systems, right. we can get to 20 25%. If we go into energy management, which is you know how to save energy, right. margins are 50 to 75%. Mm. Uh, uh, why don't we allocate 10% of our portfolio next year to going into HVAC? And then maybe a couple of years later, we will go into um, uh, energy management. Yes, higher risk because we haven't done that before. Right. We have experience in construction. Why don't we try that? And right, right on the spot, they made that decision. Wow. That next year, they will allocate. So that's an example of balance. Right on, right on the spot. Yeah. That's amazing. That's amazing. So now tell me, you, you talk about um, and stress the importance of executives remaining involved. You just shared a story there about an executive that was involved. Uh, why is that so critical that executives remain involved at this level? Well, yeah, I, I constantly, especially when I go, I teach uh, my project portfolio management masterclass in London, in Europe, um, about twice a year. And I very frequently, the following conversation happens uh, okay. with my attendees there. Uh, they're usually very high-ranking people at the companies, very yep. large companies, uh, you know, director level, VP level. Uh, and uh, I asked a question at the beginning of the course. Okay, why why did you choose this course? What's your purpose taking right. this course? Right. They go, well, my executives told me to go learn about project portfolio management and then come back and implement it. And the second question that follows that is like, uh, are they going to participate in that? Probably not. They're too busy. Okay, so let me uh, paint the following picture, and you tell me if it makes sense. <laughs> so you go back, you create a scoring model, 
based on your perception of the business. Maybe you talk to other people. Right. And a couple of months later, your CEO comes over and says, hey, Bob, here's a project for you. Uh, and you put it through your scoring model and you discover it gets only five points out of 100. Right. So you go back to your CEO and say, well, unfortunately, we're not going to be able to do this project because it gets only five points out of 100. What is the next question that your CEO is going to ask? Well, uh, he's probably going to, he or she is probably going to ask, well, who came up with that model? Right. Well, it was me because you were too busy. No, 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 no. If I'm the person making the decisions about which projects to go ahead with and which projects to cancel, I should be the participant. Right. So based on that story, it is the people who approve the projects. The same people have to come up with the scoring model. Right. They must uh, come up with a balance with the strategic alignment. Right. And, and the other thing I think is really critical is not only do they have to come up with the scoring model, but if you have let's say multiple people who create a quorum that have to make that decision. Many times what I found is that they're not on the same page and that by getting, go ahead. Yeah. uh, yeah, uh, There there are ways to work around that. And it's actually a good idea to have uh, uh, people from different parts of the company, because if you get just marketing people in the room, guess what? Your scoring model value. Variables will be financial gain, uh, market attractiveness, time to market, right. uh, market share. Right. Um, and uh, in their score, and I've seen it happen before, and in their scoring model developed, let's say, by sales and marketing people, they will completely, completely ignore the needs of IT, for example. Exactly. Uh, so it is always a good idea to have all of the C-level people in the room. Exactly. Because what I found is that and it brings them together. Simple. It brings them together. It gets you know, them all on the same page. They, Go ahead. Exactly, because if they keep talking about uh, you know market attractiveness or customer satisfaction, etc., you know it only takes an IT guy to show into the room and say, "Listen, if you don't replace that server, right, there will be no market attractiveness or customer satisfaction. <laughs> the entire telecom company will go down." You know, it sounds. Yeah, it's always those IT guys doing that to you, right? Well, not necessarily. Not okay. necessarily, but yeah, I mean they usually. Very frequently, they're the ones who kind of, you know, right, right. deliver the news. Right. So before we, as we get ready to wrap things up, uh, a couple other things. Uh, how do we maximize the number of quality project proposals so that when we're engaging with the executives and we're introducing new initiatives, that we know that we're introducing something that's a quality and that we have all the information that we need? Uh, <clears throat> well, number one, uh, you should have uh, a developed project portfolio management model. Uh, it should not stay in the executive boardrooms. It should be communicated to all the people of the company. Um, you know, at a couple of companies, uh, medium-sized companies, I even went as far as saying, I mean, I say that at every company, but sometimes they're a bit hesitant because of uh, industrial espionage or whatever, but uh, I don't think that, that that's the case. Uh, I told them just whatever scoring model I've developed, that simple table, just print it on a large sheets of paper right. and put it uh, on the wall of every decision maker's office or even post it in hallways. Right. You know, saying from now on, we're going to select our project based on this criteria. Uh, a, uh, if I come up with, I mean, usually the project start by someone saying, wouldn't it be really cool if we could do this? Right. <laughs> And if that person is high enough in the company hierarchy, it gets snap done. the fingers, project yeah. initiate. 
Yeah, exactly. Um, I, I'm sure you've never seen that in your prof professional life. <laughs> no, never, never. That never happens. Never. Uh, you know, force that person to take a look at that table or that scoring model on, on the wall of his office. Uh, right. Do the calculation. Well, if your project gets like five points out of 50, probably you shouldn't even bother the committee. Exactly committee with a proposal if it gets like 45 out of 50 maybe it's a good idea put it forward right and then the second role is the role of the pmo to filter mm -hmm. to accept all of these project proposals help them with development of business cases can be a one-page document um what else i mean you can have um contests you know whose project proposal you know will get the highest points etc but it's more about creation of that culture of the comp at the company of yeah we're willing to accept any proposal as long as it's properly formulated, as long as the score is relatively high. And then we will discuss it at the executive committee, Right. look at it from all ang angles, and come up with our list of projects. Right. Now, you've mentioned the word culture. Um, and, you know, my background, um, I just wrote a book called Culture is the Base, Seven Principles of Developing a Culture That Works. And when you think about this concept of culture with what we do, from your perspective, how big of a large rock, you know, you think about the, the big boulders or the big rocks that Stephen Covey talks about putting in the jar first, how, how big of a large rock is culture when you're rolling out something like project portfolio management, integrating it with strategy? Uh, it is very important. I mean, uh, I'll give you one example. I, I have been once uh, an employee of a very large bank, okay. very large international bank, uh, and I got hired uh, because uh, they kind of understood the importance of project management. I'm not even talking about portfolio management, project management. Right. And they went out and hired a whole bunch of uh, fairly good project managers, PMP certified, you know, minimum ten years of experience, etc. And they said, "Okay, guys, we hired you. Everything." will be okay now and we're kind of yeah okay uh but project management culture was non-existent at the company gotcha it was approach was like more bang your fist on the deck yep. on the desk sorry yep roll up your sleeves and go deliver it right and uh about a couple of weeks in my tenure there uh a vp of the bank approaches me and he goes without going into very technical details i want a ferrari i want it tomorrow and i'm willing to spend only five hundred dollars <laughs> and I'm sure you've never seen that happen in your career. You hear the and, laughter, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I'm like, well, uh, Tony, uh, Ferrari tomorrow for $500. What I can get you, I can get a used bike right. for $500 tomorrow. If you're willing to increase the budget to 5000 maybe I can get you a used Honda Civic. Right. But if we're talking Ferrari, uh, it's probably, I don't know, $250,000 and maybe three months right. wait time if you're looking for custom features. He took a very long look at me and he goes, well, you're the project manager, aren't you? I want a Ferrari. I want it tomorrow and I want it for $500. Off you go. Go deliver it. And I'm like, man, you don't understand the basics of project management. Right. You don't have proper proper uh, pro uh, project management culture here. So that was a challenge. That's an example of how lack of specific culture can impact uh, you know, your attempts to instill or implement something really good and something really useful. Exactly. Same goes for, pro same goes for project portfolio management. I mean, if the approach at the company is, 
executive walks into the boardroom and says, wouldn't it be really cool if we could do this? Snap of the fingers, project initiated. Then yeah, it's not going to be very successful. Exactly, exactly. Because I always say, you know, you can have system process and tools, but if you don't have, if you don't take in consideration the importance of culture and that as a part of your whole rollout strategy and process, then you're doomed for failure. Absolutely. You're doomed Absolutely. for failure. And education, I think, I think education takes a right. very big role. Here. Right. And that's a big part. That's a big, big part of it. Well, well, yep. Jamal, if someone wants to learn more about you, where should they go? Uh there's a whole bunch of places, and I think you will post the links on your uh, page. But yes. definitely my website, thinktankconsulting.ca. Uh, they can feel free to find me on LinkedIn. Um, I have a Twitter feed. I have um, – what else do I have? YouTube, Facebook page. Uh, you know, Follow me, connect with me. Uh, take a look at – you know, sign up on my updates on the website because I tend to post – Usually an article a week. Okay. On okay. Key project portfolio management, project management, and project portfolio management topics. Excellent, excellent. Well, ladies and gentlemen, this has been Jamal Mustafov. He's the president and founder of Think Tank Consulting. He's also the author of the most recent book, Project Portfolio Management in Theory and in Practice: Thirty Case Studies from Around the World, Best Practices and Advances in Program Management. Uh, Jamal, thanks so much for talking with us today. And um, again, look forward to catching up with you and then let's just stay in touch. Thank you. Thank you.